recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we have to do special bonus episodes, and boy, have we had some special bonus episodes this month. Spooktober. It's spook- spooktober. Uh, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of these. This has been a lot of fun this year, as it is every year. Uh, Abe and I uh, got together the gang. Uh, to present a number of special horror themed bonus episodes, yeah, we we did a, we had a, we had a fun set of topics this year. We we formed some monster squads and horror hero squads. We had a lengthy discussion about The Shining, and we talked at length also about the evolution of horror movie posters. And now to finish all of this off, uh, we are doing a a commentary track for Nosferatu, the nineteen twenty the nineteen twenty two film from director F W Murnau. Uh, this is our commentary for the month, as well as a, a lovely way to wrap things up coming in just in time for Halloween 2022. Uh, I'm very excited to do this. Hey, are you excited to do this? I mean, we 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 opened up the crypt for this, so we, I'm excited too. We opened up the crypt for this. Yeah. Take that, Disney Vault. Uh, <laughs> and joining us to talk all about Nosferatu, we have from Wise to Blue and host of the Brandon Peters Show, some have said he has a beautiful neck. It's Brandon Peters. <laughs> Good evening. Hi, Brandon. Also, I don't know. I don't know what to say here. <laughs> also <laughs> joining us from the Milky Way You do Way have a beautiful Blues. neck, by the way. From the Milky Way Blues. Thanks, he, Abe. He's plagued by mosquitoes. <laughs> it's Yancey Burns. Hey, guys. Plagued by mosquitoes. My neck ain't too bad, but yeah. <laughs> Brandon's a spicer. Look at that. Look at Yancey. You look like a nice little... I never drink wine. There. I never smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> you you guys can't see, but Abe's wearing a giant turtleneck right now to hide. That's correct. His, yeah, his wounds. it's actually it's it's fuchsia. It's a fuchsia turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. It's it's right out of the seventies. Yeah. He's gonna have some yeah. fondue. What you him. don't see is I'm also wearing a, a '90s style T-shirt over my turtleneck. So a little weird, you know, but uh, yeah, very much <laughs> elementary school all over again. Is it like that was an elementary school thing? A T-shirt over a turtleneck? You like, guys didn't do that. I I as we all know, I only go turtleneck and chain. But, when um, you say '90s style clothes, are you talking like you're wearing like Bugs Bunny and Taz and like hip hop clothing, something like that? Yeah, I had All a Captain right. Planet T-shirt. Your jeans backwards, like crisscross. No, no, no. I w- I would fall over. Not enough. <laughs> I would fall knee- over. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, not enough knee leg way. You know better. That's wiggity wiggity yeah. wiggity whack. How do you zip it up from the back, Aaron, without help? These are. It's the, it's the poo hole instead of the pee <laughs> hole. For the bonus yeah. episode. What am I doing? Just How like, do I you know, zip if it I up had from the back? Maybe. <laughs> oh, the eye rolls that women everywhere would give you. How do I zip it up from the back? I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I, especially as like a 10 year old. Come on. I'd lose my balance. It's still killing me. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have dexterity like that. Okay. Brandon Yancey, glad to have you both here. Nosferatu. Yes. Back, back on track, guys. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's a, get busy. Is that a sequel to the Aristocrats joke? That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good thing this movie's short because we're going to keep this thing going for a while. It looks like. Um, so, what are we doing here? We're going to talk about the film Nosferatu. Currently, uh, there this is not a hard film to find. That said, uh, we plan to talk over it right now. And doing that, Brandon and I have the Kino Blu-ray release of the film. Yancy has the Eureka. Uh, version abe has a digital version that he's using uh they all have varying forms of introductions but we've settled on starting at the overture meaning that brandon and i and yet all of us uh essentially have the film paused at the overture where that is as a timestamp, 
that's hard to say. Uh, for the Kino Blue release, it's one one minute and one second. That could vary. So just know that if you plan to watch the film along with us talking over it, if you want to sync it up with us, you need to kind of basically play through whatever opening logos there are, the introduction that kind of establishes the restoration, and then pause it right as the forward overture appears on screen. If that doesn't appear on screen, I admire the fact that you're desperately trying to sync this up with us to begin with, but I feel like you can still be pretty fine basically catching up uh, as you need to be. Um, so Our le- least intrusive commentary of all time. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So yeah, if you're planning to sync it all up, keep all that in mind. If you're planning to listen just to listen, I thank you. Good, good for you. Yeah. I mean, it's not everyone's like, you know what? I could use a podcast talking about Nosferatu right now. So good, good on you for joining yeah. in on that fun. Uh, <laughs> from from me to you, thank you. From a, from exactly. a, few, yeah. a few yokels on the internet talking about Nosferatu. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's the plan. That's what we're going to do here. I think we're all good to go. You guys ready? Let's do it. Yep. I'm going to count down from three and on the sound to go, we're going to press play. So here we go. Three, right. two, one. Nosferatu! All right. Are you going to say go? Because I'm still waiting. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Overture. Uh, We have an overture. This is going to be interesting uh, because we're doing a silent film. I I can't imagine this is our second silent film commentary. So I'm assuming it's our first silent film commentary. Speaking over the overture. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has been a fun progression because we did Kiss Me Deadly, right? Back in in, uh, August. Yep. Uh, Then we did Pinocchio in September. And now we've done the oldest film we've done for a commentary track now with Nosferatu. And somehow it was always going to be Nosferatu, right? Mm-hmm. It had yeah, to. Have been. I think we kind of, I think we kind of do that for a while at this point. I mean, just inevitably years ago, if you think what would be the oldest one we do a commentary on, it'd probably be Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. It's like then, the oldest nerd film to like go over. For yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think too many people are climbing for like the chic commentary tracks. So I yeah. think we're good with Nasratu. So if said, the Patreon hits ten dollars. Yeah, it's like, but if you do want us to do that, <laughs> send us an email. Yeah, or, or do our, our, our Abe will dress as the chic and we'll do a video live 100%. commentary. Hundred percent. Our our George Murray's commentary pack uh will mm. certainly come along soon enough as well. Um, let's see. We're talking about Nosferatu. Pete's not here, so obviously we don't have Hi, anyone Pete. that was we don't have anyone that was here when the movie was first released. Uh, but, the, <laughs> but as far as, oh, as far as when we first saw Nosferatu, I, I like going over this. I assume, <laughs> I, I I assume it's varying forms of college or maybe even screenings. But I want to know when did you guys first see Nosferatu? Yancy, you, you ever recall when you first saw Nosferatu? The first time I saw the movie was probably around. 20 or 21 but the first time i ever saw anything from the movie was in the video for under pressure queen okay. and david oh, Bono, yep. all silent movie stuff i remember before school going to work and see, or going to school and seeing the video and going oh that's nosferato and i'm assuming metropolis and but yeah probably not till i was 20 or 21 probably the first silent silent film i saw you think so i think so unless it was a buster keaton or something mm-hmm yeah, I, I'm. Th- I'm thinking about this as you're talking because I wanna. I wanna make sure I have my uh, yeah, memories right. But with, mm-hmm. but uh, Brandon, do you have any idea when you first saw Nosferatu? Uh, I don't know if I exactly first saw it, but the first time I actually did a, like a serious watch of it, I think was around the time Shadow of the Vampire came out. That's, oh yeah. So uh-huh. it like got me to go back and I'd seen footage from it. It, I'm sure it aired on TV or something. Um, but I I did a like, you know what? I want to sit and watch this actually now that I'm older and more mature at age 18 um to to check it out um 
so I believe it was it was it's probably around 2000 um, that I gave it like the serious like hardcore watch before that i i know i probably seen clips or maybe even watched it full before that but i'm not sure but i think my first silent films i watched were chaplin uh yeah. movies but um definitely yeah that's probably my first strong memory of sitting and watching it straight through abe have you do you do you have a memory of her scene this or I do. From this? it was in college it was for a class but i mean i i hated that professor uh yeah. so it was one of those things where it's like Professor Van Helsing. Yeah, it was Professor Van Helsing, you know. He's, we were, he's we were very ad, about, like, very against kill the undead. Yeah. yeah. But it was like for a professor, it was for a writing class and a professor that that I everybody loathed. So it was one of those like I guess I have to go down to the the video archives of the library mm-hmm. and just go check this out and sit in like this, you know, sad room for an hour and a half. But I don't remember much from it. That's that's my memory of watching Nosferatu. Dr. Okay. Joseph Acula. That was his professor. <laughs> his friends call him Drake. Um <laughs> I I um I know I saw this movie before Shadow of, of a Vampire. Uh, I know that specifically because I I think it was very close to when that was coming out because I knew the movie was coming out because my mom was very excited for Shadow of the Vampire. Um and she was a huge fan of that film. The only reason I have a DVD of that film is because I got it for her as a like a either a christmas pair or a gift or whatever mm-hmm. which is good because there's not a lot of copies of that lying around i think it's, oh. it's really hard to find it's not streaming at all um but i i had known about nosferatu i'd seen like footage of it or what have you and like knowing the movie was gonna and like i'm still kind of young but it's like i i was didn't have like a, a massive interest in silent film but it certainly was stuff i'm like it's nice to catch up on some of this right. uh, i think i had just discovered the marx brothers like mid nineties. And obviously that's not silent, but as far as like going back in time to like mm-hmm. how films used to be made or whatnot. So I, I love their, I love their brother, their brother, Richard's music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Uncle Carl's philosophy. of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I, so yeah, I eventually saw Nosferatu and I, I've been a fan of this for, since that like i really like this movie a lot it's like mm-hmm. nice. i i'm a i'm a big fan of this just this design of a vampire and how it's portrayed um i i i like this more than most dracula movies um yeah. it, it just really does the job for me weirdly on this we've mm-hmm. done multiple because we've done we've done bram stokers and we've done interview mm-hmm. and now we've done the, have we done any more vampire movies <laughs> probably, probably done vampires the most i think of the kinds of maybe I guess Michael Myers might have probably done a lot of Halloween tracks too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So I I am quite the fan of this movie, and it's been interesting to see the various releases of it because they have new new like score or like audio like music editions to it or what have you. Um, and I just find it fascinating. I I, I just the way it's constructed and whatnot. Thinking of you know the means of making a movie like this versus mm-hmm. how you would do it, you know now let alone in like the 70s when Hertzog did his remake i just i, I really am fascinated by all by the, the stuff here it certainly seems like shadow of the vampire i thought was pretty interesting just as far as a you know mildly comedic but you know fairly serious take on like what it was to make a movie like this with an actual vampire in the in yeah. that in that realm um okay with origins out of the way we're talking we're, we're talking about a silent film we have nothing to work with as far as dialogue is what's going on because we just have imagery which is fine we're doing a commentary track um something i i'm curious what you guys think about is the 
you know, we, we're, we this is a quote unquote black and white film, but obviously these kind of films were tinted and we have, you know, varying mm-hmm. forms of colors or what mm-hmm. have you to kind of express the the emotions on screen or what have you. What do you guys think of like the way these films are made as far as adding that kind of, you know, the, a shading of sorts? You've got to do it for a day for night. They 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 they, yeah. they do the blue for nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, oftentimes when I see a print of an old movie like this, I'm wondering whether the shading was really there originally or whether that was added later. Mm-hmm. Same thought. Yeah. Did every print carry the shading? You know. Yeah. And then, of course, with a movie as old as this, there's going to be so many variants. Um, that's the interesting thing that I think is when you sit down to watch a silent movie, you're not seeing what a silent movie looked like if you could apparently if you get your hands on seeing a really virgin print of a silent movie it looks incredibly crystal clear but we're so used to seeing i don't know if this is an answer print or or, or a dupe copy well, but the sort of herky-jerkiness and the the sort of stuff that we think is inherent in silent film is actually sort of a, a factor of degradation mm-hmm. of, yeah. of the movie it would have looked amazing on the first oh, you know, sure. night or whatever right yeah the but we don't have the original negative and stuff from we have like copy of copy is like the or source for this yeah. that's left 50, now. I mean, 50 percent of all movies before 1950 are gone so like silent wow. movies probably more like 70 percent of well uh, this is this is murnau's 10th movie but it's the only it's the earliest one that exists yeah. in full well, was it was it, i mean the movie was didn't uh legally they so, were yeah they were supposed to destroy that's what i want to get to yeah, yeah so. okay because you meant yeah, you survived. Yeah, Yancey, you and Abe, you already brought up the idea that whether or not this this you know, this tinting is actually true. I highly doubt it as well. Because yes, the because this is an unofficial adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula, they the uh, the the Stoker estate, I assume, sued and won, and the, and it was determined that they wanted to destroy all prints of this movie uh, yeah. by burning them. Just like witches, and um, <laughs> some survived, obviously, because here we are. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and even then, I can't imagine it being you know that easy to. And you know, even like it's it's, it's kind of a miracle that like a print of this exists to begin with. Like, there's only right, one, yeah. there's only like one camera they shot this all on, one print made. They had to do yeah. there, obviously, but it's like, yeah. I mean, okay. he already Murnau already had a reputation as a great director in Germany based on those first nine movies. Uh-huh. And they're all, can't see them yeah and this one survived somehow and then after this he does uh, you know faust and the, the, the last laugh and then he goes to america mm-hmm. you know so most of his german movies are gone and this is... is supposed to be the one that didn't that legally should have been gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting so it, it's it is it's a while that this film still exists and yeah i'd imagine that taking the you know the various prints from there excuse me doing various things with them as far as how to restore them how to preserve them what have you would lead to I don't even know if this is considered the, you know, because of all the different soundtracks and everything, I don't know what the definitive version of, because that doesn't exist, right? Well, yeah, because, <laughs> right, what, right. What, I mean, score. The, the score was played live, so we have the sheet music from whatever they would, they would play live, but it would, I mean, in the, but he, back in the day, they would, that's why you have an overture, because it's them warming up to get ready to play for the the entirety of the film. And even then, and like the, the score, the, the score by uh, Hans Erdmann is mostly been lost i mean we don't right we yeah don't have, we don't have most of the music we right don't, like there's just so little of i mean we, we've never done a commentary in a film like we i mean we can go over like 
where film was at this time, even because it's not something we've really talked about. And well, I don't sure. know if we'll we'll go over again. We can talk about it. Because <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just the just the general idea that film's still being discovered in 1922 mm-hmm. as an, even like mm-hmm. a long narrative form, mm-hmm. how to present it. The the tint's probably a novelty added, um, if if it's true to existing. And then, you know, you have an overture, the the score, like just just differences in you know how things were made and this is probably hung on as long as it is is beloved because it is compared to a lot of other things closer it, to what we would enjoy modern more modern horror type, movie. Type of yeah, yeah the horror it's movie, a, yeah. it's a it's a very um give it how horror always sells this is a uh, the, you know an epitome of how that works as far as movies that still <laughs> exist now well, and the uh, funny thing is like dracula like the book that they're not and this is the first one to do that like it's it's a series of letters and stuff yeah. like that and this is the first one to say screw that and it's like one of the first adaptations and just it, it finds itself a narrative out of those letters like we, we like also, Mer- I, just just to real to add to that, Murnau was very much ahead of his time when it comes to this yeah. kind of thing. Like he very much had ideas right. of what to do here. I mean, obviously, there's lots of filmmakers at this time that are finding ambitious ways to do things that you just haven't seen before, mainly because there's no mm-hmm. film, be- you know, ten years earlier, basically, as far as this kind of thing. So a lot yeah. of it hasn't been seen before, but right, yeah. and not his first rodeo with horror too. He did like yeah. a haunted house movie. He before. did a mm-hmm. he did a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah to see yeah the interesting thing i realized about this just in the week coming up to our recording this commentary is that dracula the bram stoker novel is set um in that what well, then would be modern times it was set in whatever year it's published this is set 60 years earlier in the sort of grim brothers fairy tales days mm-hmm. because apparently mm-hmm. everything germans were seeing in the weimar republic days were fantasies and folklores and mm-hmm. this is how you spoke to the german people by setting it in this sort of slightly more uh, less, you know, pre-industrial revolution era. So this version of Dracula is is set seventy or eighty years before the book was written. Yeah, as little, a way to make it more palatable to the German the German people. Little known fact: all the all the sets are uh, made from gingerbread too. Really, hammer that. Yeah. Wow, delicious! <laughs> and they were court ordered to be eaten upon. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to destroy all evidence of this movie. Yeah. Uh, wow. it's wild that that was a decree get rid destroy all the prints yeah. like that yeah. that's <laughs> people just... didn't understand it like the lasting power or the value of stuff like um it's really like the bbc like in television they used to wipe their program tapes and like re-record over them to save yeah, space and stuff part, right? yeah they would they would i mean there's miss they have efforts to recover and find stuff that's like missing forever and um, there was a luck as luck would have it, like Terry Jones got wind of when Monty Python's Flying Circus was going to be oh, um okay. erased and he went he ran down there, got it, and I think he paid somebody oh. like to have it, and that's why we have it. Terry Jones wow. saved it from being yeah, we have the Blu-ray, we erased. have the remastered. Yeah, up till like the nineteen seventies, they were erasing them and actors' contracts back then, um they were against it because like it was a performance and they were treating it so much like theater. theater so yeah. Like, why would especially you know, in reruns? Yeah. Like theater, yeah. you're taking advantage of that actor by redoing the same performance and da da da, And they're only paying them. So such and such. So it was just early discovery and stuff like, like a film, like, yeah, trash it. <laughs> That's the only way to keep it from making money or right. that'll teach them. That's a weird uh, form of gatekeeping. Yeah. It's, it's also it's, just the fact that celluloid is so, uh, it, it, it was unstable, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Is there... Think about that. Think, think about the fact that you think about the fact that so many movies are missing. You have to con- concur that you can't do a real survey of movies before 1950. You can only there, do a partial one. Is there any instance where a piece of like, like a painting was told to be destroyed for some reason? Like I'm sure. Or, or like, I'm, you know, I'm that's sure that happened. I can't imagine that not happening at some point. Uh, All you need is one copy of this in some theater somewhere hiding in the back yeah. room for 70 yeah. years. And I know in the case of like a, wars and takeovers and stuff, they would probably trash all their stuff. Yeah. And Actually, the World War II I'd, happened. I'd assume the same about... I'd assume the same about books and manuscripts, like things that are just, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of depiction of the other and, you know, how to, you know, get right. rid of all of this. You just burn it, you know, burn all of it. Mm. Um, I, by the way, we just got went over this whole bar sequence where, yep. where do, it's not Jonathan. What's his name? I never remember the names of this guy. Utter. <laughs> Utter. 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 Uh, but yeah. he's like, I'm going to Count Orlock. And everyone's like, right. I, we, I like is this the first instance of that? I was about to say, like, I feel like that's like it's established a cliche. Gypsies? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like, hey, can you tell me how to get to Camp Crystal Lake? <laughs> it's this, like, yeah, it's this what? weird trope of like everyone in the town already knows the evil thing and they're shocked about right. someone referencing it. Don't you go there. I mean, they, the night, dude. Yeah, it's got a dead curve. Anyway, some talk- of these things originated here. Some of these, cli- yeah, some of the movies, Dracula cliche started with this movie. And they, I mean, they referenced the were- they, the novel. They referenced a werewolf like lur- lurking around. It made me think mm-hmm. of this. That's it's basically the opening of American Werewolf in London. <laughs> like, yeah. random <laughs> people come in, they ask about a thing, and they're like being all cautious about it. Yeah, that's the like. I mean, talking about like things like Skull Island would have that kind of mysticism. Like, oh, where are uh, you going there? Um, yeah. You know, Crystal Lake is a place like that. Yeah. Uh, every to every Dracula movie has the scene where Jonathan Harker stops in and they're like, oh, we, we ain't taking you there. Castle Dracula, are you? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a period there where my buddy said every other horror movie has this story of a real estate agent going up to, to see his <laughs> castle. Um, no, it's not great in the in the in the is there a Jonathan Harker in the Bell Lugosi version or is it just Renfield? If you watched Renfield go up there and get turned into a whatever, right? Yeah, I think they, it's, they it's, twisted it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it's like a combination thing they go for in the, the Lugosi version. And they, they kind of cha- um Harker in in the hammer one, uh he's going up for uh library purposes like he's a professional librarian and he's translating or keeping the records of the family blah 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 it's not real estate related in the the hammer one which is interesting Hmm. i i I think dracula is such a fascinating thing to just it's one of the best things to just okay let's see this interpretation or this inter like it's one that people i think just allow um the truth of like adaptation of allowing somebody to truly adapt and see what they have in it. Because I don't, I don't, I don't feel like people get really fanboyish up in arms about how it's presented. It, things. Yeah. I mean, it, yes and no. Right. Like on the one right. hand, yes, it's great. To see, we've had so many versions. So clearly mm-hmm. there's an attempt to make, make sure <laughs> that there's some kind of, I don't know, validity or whatever you want to call it to the way they're taking on Dracula. But at the same time, it, there is this. I mean, the, the Stokers they literally burned the movie like because they didn't want it mm. version mm-hmm. being out there. Uh, but like, that is something I like about like vampire stuff to begin with, where people want to make fun of things like Twilight or whatever. But what I like about the vampire thing is that there are. I mean, it applies to most things, but because there's so much vampire stuff, 
the rules alter all the time, right? There's so much fun to have with yep. how the yep. movie's particular version of, mm-hmm. of a vampire works from near dark to from dust till dawn to this to Bram Stoker. Like there's, you know, like there's some obvious things that kind of never really go away, but even those get like altered somehow as far as mm-hmm. you know, how stakes work or whatever. I mean, it's, I, I find that to be pretty interesting. And yeah, that does speak to the kind of notion that, you know, we, we've taken this concept of a vampire and we just kind of run with it. Like we just kind of do it, do what makes sense to us for this version. Mm-hmm. Well, these are um, also like, I don't know. Uh, it's Dracula's story always going to come back. Like, and I, I've never, you never hear with like Dracula, like, oh, another one of these. Like, like you do when you get like when you would get like another Jason movie or something like that. When uh-huh. essentially they were essentially now, I mean, those guys are now at such an age that they are like what Dracula was when I was growing up, age distance wise yeah. from like the the thirties films or whatever. Um, but you know, I I just can't recall everybody like if there's another Frankenstein movie made or a werewolf movie or Wolfman movie. It's like oh another one of these which is like they they would do with like a Leatherface or like a jason yeah. or a michael myers kind of that has like, to do with like the framework has to change has to change more so than like jason's gonna be it's like okay so we're going back to the camp again we're gonna do the thing now obviously that mm-hmm. intrigues certain people plenty of people it's a franchise that has 10 entries yeah. like it's obviously working to some degree mm-hmm. but i, I can right. under, i can understand a dracula movie you know you're not necessarily going to see the same type of thing all the time right there's there's a lot of wiggle room for yeah. what the approach is going to be, even if it's still set in Transylvania or Germany. I mean, I wasn't around or... for the first run of the Hammer ones where people uh-huh. might have been like, God, again, that, that maybe they were saying Perhaps. it back then because that series is very much the proto-Friday the 13th. Uh-huh. Um, but I wasn't around then, and I've never found anything in my research that are like people getting tired of how the Frankenstein or, or well, they're also not called like Frankenstein two and whatnot. Right. I mean, right, it, right, it's, right. it's trying to, it's trying to mark its own, which may, I mean, it makes a difference as far as it does a certain kind True. of expectation you have uh, by, by not using numbers and not relying heavily right. on continuity. It's just more of, yeah, here's our latest version of this thing. Also, social media doesn't exist, right? <laughs> There's people that are just less bitchy. Well, I mean, even uh, in so... the eighties, I mean, in the eighties and nineties, sure. bitching every time you got a sequel. So, this is definitely, I don't know if we think about it this way anymore, but for a long time, Dracula had serious power because it was a story of the old world coming in and infecting the new world, you know, this old world creepiness coming across the water and infecting what we thought of as the modern world. I don't know whether that is a compelling thing to people anymore. I don't know whether modern Dracula movies do that, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's less this, about the, it's less does. about the kind of the control aspect that a force has over a nation and more about the you know the sexiness and the charisma of one guy that can control this is not a sexy dracula we're talking oh about no here. count orlock is not he's I not don't know, he's very tall he's not the he's not the he's uh, very he's not sexy back like justin timberlake when he comes on that ship wonderful hair ear hair and rat-like teeth but you know what i'm saying i mean there's the, the there's a version of dracula that's certainly been adopted now by people that focuses less on how horrific he can be that's maybe a part of it but it's more like the power dynamic that comes from his charisma and how he can seduce right right, right. even the, even this movie has a seduction it's just you know it's from this creepy right. guy fingernails <laughs> right which the visage of of this account orlock one is used to, well, and again in um salem's lot and the oh. um uh, herzog one i can't what other aside from shadow of the vampire which is 
it's made fun of those for us too and what we do in the shadows like yeah and i mean there's like there's monstrous versions of vampire oh, that's a, i love his robin hood costume mm-hmm. that he wears for that <laughs> it's so great <laughs> Yes, guys um, himself. Times are hard in Castle Orlock. Yeah, so that's cool the way they I, did that. I like Do that I he know. has his own carriage and he does his own valet service. That's nice for him. <laughs> now, I love. I don't know if you guys are seeing. I love the Herzog seventy nine version. It's of the great. Yeah, it's, it's a it's actual horror captured on film. That movie just looks. The look of it just gives me the willies looking at it. Like I... it's wonderful. And I was trying to remember there are three vampire movies that came out in '79: Dracula with Langella, Nosferatu mm-hmm. with Fox put out, and then I'm and the third. Uh, yeah. uh, Love at First Bite. Oh, is it Love at First Bite? Mm-hmm. That makes yep. sense. Oh, it's a good, of Dracula. Oh, it's a good title. Yeah, that's a good title. Yeah. But I was listening to the commentary years ago on the Herzog Nosferatu, and he thinks this is the most important important German film ever. But for kind of a dark reason, and I've seen it written elsewhere that the portrayal of Orlock here is pretty anti-Semitic to, to, huh. to, to bring up this week of all weeks. That, there's a real commonality between the way Orlock looks and the way the worst kind of Jewish like the rat feet that he brings rats. And, and her, her, I don't know if Herzog's crazy, but he thinks that this movie actually had a huge effect on the next 20, 30 years in Germany and sort of bringing about this mood, predicting, predicting the mood. I mean, it's certainly not as explicit as something like, outside, it's not, yeah. as, you know, it's not as explicit as something like Birth of a Nation sparking the KKK again, but I mean, no. I, no. I I don't think, yeah, I don't think this movie's like nestling in ideas into the whole population of Germany as far as their regard for Jews. But I, because I've heard this argument before uh, beyond just Hertz, I, and I've, I listened to that commentary fairly recently too. Um, because I, I also think that movie's wonderful. Um, but I mean, I mean, yeah, there's because it's like stuff in the novel, also, like it's not coming from nowhere, right? The descriptions are, got it too, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's, but I mean, I it just seems like, I mean, regardless of the takeaway from that, I certainly don't think it's from Murnau's. No, I don't think that's there for one thing. Murnau was gay. I mean, I just don't like he like he has other ideas going on as far as what he wants to bring on into like the subtext of this film that don't amount to you know who and who isn't evil in some capacity and like what that wants to represent no, no i don't think anyone involved was actually going for that just that it's sort of i can sort of i can see where mood that was mm-hmm. kind of growing and growing you know the outsider the invader and it's this rat dirty filthy plague you know right. um Count I, don't think, Orlock, I don't think it Goldstein. plays that way for modern people but <laughs> And that's the end of Act One. He's arrived at Count Orlock's castle. All right, stay tuned tomorrow <laughs> for Act yeah. We're going to be back. <laughs> oh, this is so oh, a series. At the time the German, the German, the German, German cinema in the Weimar Republic was all very based on theater. Like they mm-hmm. wanted it to be like the theater. So yeah. there's Act One, Act Two. There's the orchestra playing. Yeah, um, you... it's interesting. Apparently, they said there's no time ever in the history of filmmaking anywhere where being a director had more appeal and glamour than during this Weimar period where the directors really were uh, sort of looked up to and could do anything yeah because it switches pretty quickly to like producer driven stuff especially hollywood yeah. obviously uh where yeah. the director's just kind of like the guy that helps things come together same with like the editor it's like yeah you're, you're all pieces of the cog with the producer you know your xanax and what have you they're they're the ones that are mm-hmm. leading the charge and getting these things made i mean it really is a cycle between like being director driven eras and yeah. producers then the producer winds up taking over yet again 
uh, we're sort of in that producer driven era right now, almost. Um, it's got, it's, then, re- it's reached a sort of weird apex as far as because mm-hmm, of the yeah. nature of these movies that, you know, can operate like, especially like Marvel or series where they can operate like TV seasons. So you have not just producers, but showrunners, right? You have people that are overlooking yep, yep. the entire saga that's going on. You have your Feige, you have your, you have Kathleen Kennedy, you, you have <laughs> James Gunn now, apparently. <laughs> I mean, so you yeah. Have, um, so yeah, it's it's not just like a producer that's on one film; it's a producer that's you know the whole shebang. Yeah, we should talk about Max Shrek because he's yeah. such a he's such an incredible figure and such a great find. I love this theory that it's like it wasn't. There's no actual person named Max Shrek. It's just like some like pseudonym for some other actor. Other <laughs> actor. It's our second com- job, second commentary lost, talking about a Max Shrek. Yeah, Batman Returns. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I, there's a lot of mystery around this guy, right? There's not there, like there's stuff known, but like it seems like just wasn't a person that was in the limelight, so it doesn't have like a whole lot to go for as far as like the history of this actor uh, mm-hmm. to the extent that Willem Dafoe could play him as an actual vampire in a movie, which is really funny. <laughs> uh, but like what a especially when we're watching a silent film, what a you know, what a performance it stands out, like between the the makeup and what have you, but just like his otherworldly presence that he has, the way he moves, the way he uses his body, which is like slender and long. It's yeah. just it's a lot of why I really like this movie and why it stands out to me is just a vampire that I really appreciate as far in the realm of cinematic vampires. This is why silent movies are so great. People think I would never watch a silent movie in my life, etc. Silent movies are people discovering what movies can do. And there's so many mm-hmm. tricks, uh, camera tricks going on in this movie. It's so alive with the possibilities. Mm-hmm. I, used to, I used to hear, a, 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 you know, one of these random statements that people would say was that if sound had come in 10 or 15 years later, movies would have developed much more visually before sound kind of changed things fundamentally. That's it's like a weird I it's a weird thought when you think about like the amount of stuff that we already kind of had before like things got advanced. Like you look at you look at the, the George Moraes film, you look at the mm-hmm. old silent stuff, yeah. which is you know, like even like this, like we're talking about black and white, it's like color's been around, like they could paint the 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 frame the still the frames and what have you, but it's just yeah, fucking pain in the ass. Like it's like why that's a lot of <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of work. <laughs> you made him a bunt cake. Yeah. That's nice. Hey, classic, <laughs> classic <laughs> warlock. That's how you say hello in in his castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never bunt cake. Uh, I mean, there's so much innovation that yeah, it was just clearly coming from the the get go. It's not like people discovered how to do special effects later. It's like people were there trying stuff all the time. Like it was, right. there mm-hmm. was plenty of wild things. I mean, we talked about this before in one of our horror episodes, right? We're like invisible man technology. They just seem to nail that right away. That's always been like yeah. the you know an easy one to get. <laughs> they made the... How do they do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like nowadays you can obviously use CG or what have you and you know things, but like the the Claude Rains one, like looks you can watch that great. James Well like... without any crutch of history. It just yeah. works great. Yeah. You know, it, Yancey mentioned about you know them wanting it to look like stagey and everything. Um and theater like it's totally crazy like this scale works in this weird uh for the interiors in this weird uh degree here for me like where it's like it looks big but i know it's a small little room they're filming in yeah and they do it like i get the a real sense of like yep this is it the camera's capturing every part of this room but the lens is making it look deeper 
it's making it look a little more grand but you, you just kind of like i don't know it's got this tangible sense of i feel like i could know what it's like to be on that set a little bit yeah, yeah i it's what, like weird. and it's weird that a lot of movies don't do that and <laughs> not even today not even that like i i sort of like get how like what they're working with here weird, and i had I, yeah weird weird example but like you know the Oscars are the Dolby Cinema, right? They're the not Dolby, the, right. um, the Dolby Theater. I've been in that theater. It's a lot smaller than you would think it is oh, yeah. based on how it looks on ABC when you watch the Oscars. <laughs> like, well, I mean, also like yeah, if you've ever been in like a talk show studio, oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. back in the day, they're they are like, I mean, you have college like halls, lecture halls bigger than that, and mm-hmm. um, like SNL studio is is small, uh, and. But everything is sure. the wide angle lens. It makes it look it's like a, a grand right. room it's a going on. To direction. Like you've talked about this. Like you have yeah. the, the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Then you have the Spanish Dracula. The Spanish Dracula yep. is a better made movie. And it's using the exact same sets as yeah. the Hollywood Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. Better it's, it's, Dracula in the, in the, in the Todd Browning. Yeah, the difference is one has the best, the better Dracula. One's got the production, but their production was also based upon reacting to they they could watch the da- the dailies and whatnot of That's Browning's funny. film. They heard about the troubles with Browning's film during the day, but that one's a little bit more innovative and bold in some of its camera usage, too. Um, yeah. Not that I mean, it's funny to say, like, oh, it's better made, but Todd Browning's Dracula is still the amazing classic. It's it a is. classic, yeah, yeah. Um, but would you, could, would like, you call that a remake? Would you call that a Spanish remake of Dracula, given that it's using the exact same stuff and yeah, it's just the same a different time at night? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just a coincidence. It's a you know, they didn't have what they weren't doing dual audio tracks back then, so it was just there's a lot, there's uh, plenty of other movies that were like shot concurrently right because sure. it's like the the day shoots the american version the night shoots the spanish version or whatever and or they used to just, do like the one version would be flat and one would be tadeo 35 like oklahoma mm-hmm. has two different versions that are entirely different cakes you know yeah oh yeah yeah there's that too um the one crazy thing with going in the future or whatever kubrick um at the uh heard of him he yeah uh, he would shoot he would shoot his movies uh with tv safe in mind so yeah um he's got this beautiful cinematography that works just as effectively in four by three as it does 16 by nine um but he kept he always kept that in mind and stuff and so like wires would be around and framing would work in both ways with his same takes it's incredible what he could pull off and there was um the there was a mistake, I believe, on DVD or something with like Full Metal Jacket and The Shining, where they were in four by three when they first came out or something mm-hmm. like that, and they had to reissue them. But um, I think when he was alive, he was still insisting on the four by three, and then after he died, they put out the letterbox version. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it was. All right, that might have been it. But yeah, he yeah. Something about the the way we're seeing Orlap right now is they're debating like accounting issues. <laughs> <laughs> which is right. I'm sure intensely fascinating to the German real estate and accounting. Yeah. Now, what I like about what they're doing with them is we haven't seen the full extent of Orlock yet, but he still looks relatively human, right? Like there's yeah. well, something yeah. about just the way he's conducting himself. He's got, he's got his cap on. He's got that big hat on. He's got those big eyebrows or whatnot. Like it's still like, he seems plausible as a human being. Still. I love that clock. And, and the fact that we're going to get yeah. like this otherworldly version of him shortly I again, I think it's just impressive on the filmmaking standpoint where you can transform a person by doing very little. Like, right there, right there he is. He looks like a fucking vampire yeah. now. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
He's frightened. He should be frightened. He does. Yeah, exactly. that's the word I was going to say. Like, he actually does look frightening. Yeah. You know, that wood grain's totally drawn on yeah. on that door. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I can tell. That's marker it's, or yeah, something. It's, it's, paint. It's, it's, yeah. Awesome. It's fancy <laughs> wallpaper. Yeah. Get your it's old really tiny clever wood the way that they designed the sets here so that he fits the actual archway, even though he's only like 6'3. Yeah. So. No. But it's it's so much more imagine. I don't know. My imagination runs wild. It feels fairy tale esque in a in a way. Just mm. the the idea to shoot it this way with the staginess and stuff. It, I don't know. It, it it works so well for me. Yeah, this guy's not very good at hiding. <laughs> it's, it's, it's He's trying to go to sleep. Just, just maybe it was all in his head. It's so interesting that almost every other vampire ever on screen is sexy and seductive. Even Bela Lugosi, the women we're crazy for. like The most, so some would say. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a beautiful hairline. Yeah. But I mean, think Franklin, Jella, Gary Oldman, all the vampires. Jack Palance. Even Jack Palance is at least a presentable fellow. Les, but this Leslie Nielsen. This guy couldn't go outside in the daytime other than being a vampire. He's, he's obviously a Come on, John John Carradine. Yeah. Notable sex pot that John Carradine. Uh but uh ver versatile universal monster actor Gerard Butler. <laughs> he's, Butler. He's, he knocked two he's, off the list. He's a phantom. He's, he's a, a phantom. He's exactly. a phantom. He's a Dracula. He needs to be a Frankenstein monster. Do they have a Dracula picked out for Monsterverse? For what? The for monster the, the dark universe. Dark universe. Who is who is well, gonna be Dracula? They were they were it was heavily rumored that DiCaprio, right? They wanted DiCaprio. Oh wow. Oh. That's what they they were I, I believe they were dumping um uh dump trucks of money uh, into his driveway until the mummy didn't work out the way they wanted to do, and then they, they proceeded to take oh. the dump trucks back. It was gonna take a lot for people to forget Jonathan Reese Myers. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that the whole dark universe. That the idea was that to make it very star driven, which makes sense. I mean, you look at the '90s. I mean, those were star driven films too. Jack Nicholson, Gary Oldman, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, De Niro, uh, <laughs> shirtless Kenny Rana, um, uh, John John Malkovich, and Julia Roberts as Mary Riley. Um, right. <laughs> I have never yeah. seen Mary Riley, a Stephen Frears film. It's probably okay. I've never seen but, it. Either. It was supposed. But, it was but, supposed to be Tim Burton. But the but the only thing I remember about it is the trailer where it's Mary Riley. That's the one thing I know about that movie. <laughs> yep. I hope that's how it I starts too. I, I, hope the, I hope the intro credits. I don't think I want to see Malkovich play that part. You don't <laughs> see Malkovich as, as Doctor Jekyll. More, I don't want to see with Mister Hyde. Why? Russell Crowe pulled it off just by standing more intently. Ha. Huh. I already forgot about that. Yeah, you're right <laughs> about that too. Maybe you anything. Think, you think John been better than Doc could be a good Mister Hyde? Hey, it'd be better than Jacqueline Hyde dot 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 together again. Exclamation oh, point. Mike, uh, what was that guy's name? Yeah. The guy from Fridays. It's, it'd be probably, it's probably better than Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hyde with Tim Daly mm. and Sean Young. Tim Daly. That's and a Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hype. Young. I haven't yeah. heard that name oh, in a while. <laughs> Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hype. The <laughs> And a nice fake beards. A lot of fake beards in here. Uh, <laughs> that's a charm you know uh recently though i i really like the um stephen moffat uh dracula with the that klaus bang guy he had a really yeah. he had a really unique take on dracula and i mean the story was cool too um 
for a mini series. It was mini series, three parts. But um, the Klaus Bank, he wasn't, he didn't play it in your traditional way, Dracula, which was refreshing to see a nice newer take. It seemed like it was not necessarily channeling, but it seemed more akin to something like Mads Mikkelsen's Lecter. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get you. I get you. Yep, I've only yep. I've only seen the first part still. I never finished it. Uh, for whatever oh. reason, I, probably because they're all like an hour and a half, and somehow I haven't yeah. found like the time to be like, like Sherlock. Though, yeah. yeah, they're like yeah. exactly. It's like the Sherlock episode, so it's I have no. It's been like three years. <laughs> no excuse to like not have finished because I really I like the first one and it's quite bloody. Um, yeah, but I, but I'll yeah I'll finish it off. Welcome yeah. to my world, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I finished the whole episode. It's not like I watched part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to them late uh, later. <laughs> Oh, that's a big door. Where'd they uh where'd they go to shoot these exteriors of the castle stuff? That's a fun question. Um a lot see. of this was shot on location, but I, I can't imagine they went to castles. Mm-hmm. And what uh was John Kerry? Vismar, the, first... the city of Vismar. Okay. Yeah. Northeastern Germany. Mm-hmm. Oh, cracked. Um, it's not even closed. The damn good. We can also... see his face right through. And what was John Carradine and... was the first um, to accurately play Dracula with a mustache? Because he has one oh, in the House book. Frankenstein or something? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he has one in the book. And then. Hmm. Uh, really? Peter, or, yeah. I was going to say Cushing. One of those guys didn't do it first? Uh, well, no. Uh, it was caradine in the 40s with the house oh, of that, that Dracula, the house of frankenstein yeah and then christopher lee in a movie called count dracula which wasn't a hammer one he played dracula mm-hmm. and had the mustache i wonder what that money was like you want me to go outside hammer to make a dracula movie Spanish yeah. movie. ding 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 need, i need something outside of these damn hammer movies <laughs> yeah you want to play dracula in my movie fine sure this is great. This is stop motion stuff. Yeah, do sort of what mm-hmm. right. up. Very cool. I like that it as a, again just innovative ways to show his powers. He's like, yeah, he's super fast and can hold stuff, and I guess levitate boxes. <laughs> Getting into the top hey, oh, yeah. It's always an interesting setup for this story. That sort of the main character is left behind as Dracula takes off. To go get his girlfriend, <laughs> like go live in his city. He's stuck behind in this castle, and this focus has to shift from Hutter to whoever they call Mina in this one. Mm-hmm. It's Ellen this time around. Yeah. Somebody's making a movie right now just about the ship. Yeah, I, that was it was supposed oh, really? to be Neil Marshall. He was supposed to be making one. Yeah. Yeah, um, I believe Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, he saw the preview they had at CinemaCon back in like April or May, and mm-hmm. I, I was certainly intrigued by this premise. That just sounds really cool. A movie just yep. about the voyage that that Dracula took to get to to get to Europe. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, we have Renfield coming up too, with Nicholas Holt as Renfield and Nicholas Cage, the two Nicks, as uh, Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> two Nicks. There's only two of them in Hollywood. Yeah, too many Nicks. <laughs> So yeah, there's certainly just various ways to keep adapting the mm-hmm. story, and we, we we can't forget, you know, when they finally told us the untold story of Dracula with with, uh, with Luke uh, Luke Evans. With, yeah, 
Remember when yeah. he, remember when Dracula was untold and then we they told us and we're like, oh, okay, now we know. We're like, oh wow, yeah, it actually added a lot. We and that's the, the, that's the end of Act Two. <laughs> All right, tune in tomorrow as Abe reveals <laughs> is, to us is, his is, top tomorrow. five Dracula performances of all time. Abe, First, that Dracula? Bugs Bunny episode. Number three will surprise you. Hey, Abe, do you have a favorite Dracula? Do I have a favorite Dracula? Yeah. Not off the top of my head, no. But if I thought about it, it'd probably be some goofy list where it's like some obscure uh, Dracula that's being played by Mr. Burns or something like that. Which is a knockoff of Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula, but uh, with Gary Oldman. But no, not off the top of my head, no. Remember when Batman versus Dracula? Remember saw that, but yeah. The Batman. Oh, the Batman versus Dracula. That's what, yeah. That was a thing. Marvel bring their Dracula in. He has a mustache. The team of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Mahershala Ali can fight him someday. Yeah, someday, up. yeah. Well, they did. What are you talking about? They did bring Dracula and Blade, Tri- Blade Trinity, of course. Still unseen by me, the third Blade movie. Same, yeah. It's good. That, 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 yeah. That, that should be a Dracula untold for you. That's the I call that Dracula untold. Well, then Dracula untold, like Beta, uh, Dark Universe. Well, it was, yeah, it yeah. was its own thing. And then they were just starting the Dark Universe thing. So they were like retrofitted it a bit by adding like one scene at the end with Charles, Charles the Mance dance. Um, as I call him, mm-hmm. um, basically just saying like, and the games begin, um, and then the games never began. So, <laughs> and then there was Dracula 2000, which I never even came close to. It was like a series, right? In like the 90s, Dracula 2000. Oh, Dominic I thought that was a movie. There, there was Dracula 2000. It was a West West Craven produced it, uh-huh. um, and then they made some straight to video sequels, which uh, did star Roy Scheider. Wow, Roy Scheider. some of his last mm-hmm. movies. All right, gotta oh. eat. Yeah, and to, and to be clear, uh, Dracula 2000 was called uh, the sequel is called Dracula 2 Ascension, and then yep. you had Dracula 3 Legacy. So there were prequels. Um, yeah, and there was Dracula 3000, Dracula 3000 which had Coolio and Casper Van Dien. Yeah, Dream Team, as I call it. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that one back in my old show called Cinema Cavalcade, and that one was like, I I can barely find a nice thing to say about this movie. Now, does Casper Vendian get beheaded in that one, too? No. no. Oh, he's a, he's a horror all-star also when it comes to these. He's done a Dracula. But, he did a Headless Horseman. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get beheaded. He got cut in half. And that. Oh, that's... Yeah, he got... He I, got hate, yeah. I hate to speak ill of the dead, but Coolio was one of the worst vampires ever captured on screen. I... Oh. Well, Is that true? Poor dude. Yeah. I... Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. I'm for, yeah, yeah, very unfortunate. Not everyone can do it. And that movie just kind of it ends like uh, I think we're out of money now. Okay, the end. Tune in next time yeah. for Dracula Four Thousand. Yeah. <laughs> next, uh, yeah, next time on Dracula Four Thousand. I've got a great uh, Ponzi scheme for you guys. We could just fundraise for Dracula Four Thousand. It's set in AI universe. It's just mechas and then a Dracula. <laughs> it's like draining the blood of these things. Like I can't get any blood out of this. Mm-hmm. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, vampires. Yeah, like you said, Aaron. Cool thing. Like I just remember another awesome take on vampires: Life Force. Yeah, Such space cool space vampires. Space vampires. What else do you want? So cool. <laughs> yep, so cool. You ever seen the last space vampires? That's Sorry, Dracula. Sorry, the what? The last Hammer Dracula. Oh yeah, with the Shaw Brothers, Legend of the Seven Gold Seven. Vampires. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not thinking the last one with Chris Lee, the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, where he wants to. Where the plot is, Dracula wants to. 
I think he wants to release a plague on the earth to kill everything yep. but the rats so he can just live with the rats. Yep. <laughs> and he's got a biker one. gang he controls, a biker yeah. gang. It's good. I like this. Sounds amazing. But you don't, but you don't know it's, it's Dracula till like the end. He's like this shadowy guy behind a yeah. desk most a of the movie. What, what's the movie called again? <laughs> the, the Satanic, Satanic Rites, Rites of Dracula. But you don't know it's Dracula. It, well, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Van Helsing, Peter, or whatever the Van Helsing. Peter Cushing, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does not recognize that he is the mysterious businessman is actually Christopher Lee. Is well, maybe, time maybe wrapped his face in bandages to hide. Right. Yeah, one of those classic moves. I do like that we always have someone that goes a lot of jump mad. scares in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of jump scares, not a lot of cats jumping out of closets. <laughs> no, it's generally those characters that you don't expect to have mustaches that turn around, then it's like, oh, he does have a mustache. And I was going to say, are you <laughs> sure that these are fake mustaches? They look pretty real. Some of them have to be real. The chops, the mutton chops are all real. The mutton, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I always like the change and that's completely real. I, I always love the change in, in place when you have a person that was like just completely happy, full of life, and then he becomes this like bug eating monster because of what he's interacting right. with Dracula. Lutus Laban, Lutus Laban. They say that so many times in the Earth Song movie. I love that. And this is the Renfield character, basically. Yep. Yeah, he's become Tom Renfield. Waits and yeah. Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. I guess they do the same in, uh, well, no, kind of, because I was just thinking about Dracula Dead and Loving It, because I watched that fairly recently. Because <laughs> yeah, because Peter McNichol is the Renfield, and I think very, he's maybe the highlight of that movie that I yeah, otherwise give That's a good casting choice in it, drama or comedy as a Renfield. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Because mm -hmm. he's the same in Ghostbusters, too. He's basically playing Renfield in that movie. But, um, Born to play Renfield. I guess, well, yeah, Stephen Weber is the Jonathan, then, in that capacity. So. I think it's pronounced Stephen Weber. <laughs> That's what they asked. He has to be called that on the set of The Shining. Right. Huh. He has to stay in character. Exactly. Um, fun fact I learned about this. Uh, Murnau used a metronome to control the pacing of the acting. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. The only other director, I, and I'm sure this is not the first time, but the only other director I know that does that is Mamet. Mamet? Yeah. Wow, right. Really? Interesting. Yeah, because for the language or just for the for the, for the language, you know, because his scripts are so specific. So yeah, he he's used a met. I don't know if he used it on the sets, but it, I, I imagine at least in like the rehearsals to some degree, he's used it. Sorry, certainly mm -hmm. he was uses them in his plays. But yeah, Mamet will use metronomes to to really help guide the the pace of those performances. I wonder how that applies here in a silent. I mean, you know, regardless, there's. It's weird to think of like the acting at this time where you know that you're you have to register like theater, like you're saying, Brandon, where you have mm -hmm. to kind of play it big because there's no other real way to communicate beyond your face and right. expressions. Right. And I mean, they're still speaking on set. They're reading it for sure. Reading yeah. The script. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite interesting how acting has said here. Um, but it's also you know the finest points of cinema too is you know the visual the moving visual visuals is what it has over everything else um yeah and this is the highest degree of that because you have to communicate 
everything. It's weird that we've come so far in film and still don't recognize that when it comes to those kind of these, you know, motion capture performances, mm-hmm. stunt work or what have you, given how much involved goes into those physical performances. And, you know, you know we want to hire, and you know, it's not like there's not good performances coming out of just actors acting as far as mm-hmm. using their voices or what have you, but like the physicality that's on display from so many people, like it's a thing that just goes unrecognized year after year. Well, yeah, I mean, and things keep... I don't think like dumbing down because we have to have dialogue in addition to a visual to make sure people got the visual because they know people probably watching at home or whatever, um, looking at their phone aren't. Yeah. And I just, it's funny. Like I, you guys, I believe your episode this week uh, talks about tar. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a movie that completely, requires you to be paying attention on screen the whole time and um and rewards I, you for doing so <laughs> yeah. absolutely rewards you thing, I hate to say. and i've seen complaints about stuff that's clearly stated and and shown showcased in the film saying that they didn't do that or didn't i'm like it and it's 100 there but you you're supposed to be watching and that movie's right. in theaters i don't know how what you're doing um not watching or people just aren't used to that anymore or aren't are they've devolved to where they're not able to put things together anymore because they're so used to either having it spelled out for them or being able to retreat to a Wikipedia page to have it explained to them Mm -hmm. uh, again, or just to confound with that. But it used to be, you know, most, a lot of it was just not assumed, but it's, it's just there. It's just like, we, we don't need to like, talk sit and talk about it it's right there so. yeah you're in a big dark room with the lights out and the image is huge i mean the obviously you're supposed to keep your eyes on the screen and shut up right. you'll be benefited mm-hmm. it's there. The it's supposed to screen. surrender yourself to yeah. the film like you're, you're supposed a brain to let in a jar for the two hours you know that's all you mm-hmm. are and you're supposed to and you're supposed to surrender yourself to the filmmakers you know pov and that's something right. we do less and less it's no becoming and- more found art we just found this thing we watched it we kind of liked it but uh, i didn't like the ending oh, wasn't yeah. really and, and a lot of stuff that comes through too is like it's a, it's okay to not like films and stuff like that you're not gonna like everything but the the criticisms become like fandom based stuff where um there's like oh well i would have done this it's well you're not making this film right and two, right. they're also like it's based on well this didn't happen like things before did it so it's bad it's like no you you can't just go like things evolve and do different go different places um and do different things like not even not just in like franchise films that you know the fans don't know what a new thing is till it happens and then they don't like it because nothing came before it was like it uh but like same thing with films and how things can go like non-traditional narratives um stuff like that um different choices uh, like focusing on things like you know maybe maybe the person we're watching a movie isn't such a good person or something like that they yeah that's what they'll do um just real quick i'm thinking about this ship scene and how complicated that might be for the 20s -hmm. where like they have like they have to so they got to get a ship like that to begin with a clipper ship and right. then they have to presumably film on another ship and like make that mm-hmm. work with their yeah. big bulky camera. Hopefully not drop that into the sea and lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just thinking, like, I wonder if they shot closer to the shore, but like, how do they get those waves? It's not a model. 
that was I, I, mean, I thought that too i was yeah. wondering also it's like well, it looks like a ship like they probably had a right. actual ship to eat and because they have to have a set for it and everything too so. yeah. they just filmed themselves getting to set yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like that sneaky sneaky move right there get the old newspaper out Doop-a-doop-a-doop. see what's going on oh plague huh <laughs> <laughs> i like how like the cops just like i guess i'll turn my back to this guy plague Harmless lunatic. Three stars. <laughs> Three stars. That's my Yelp review for the plague. Not, <laughs> not a fan. Period. Print. Let's go. That's what you were saying, Brandon. It's true. It's like for a long, long time, the idea was, you know, this is not real. You know, mm-hmm. this is a made-up story. Right. You know exactly. This, you're going to see the third, the third installment of this story. Just put yourself in the hands of the person telling you this story and see what he gives you. Right. It's not a test to see whether you can see through the bullshit and, and see why right. it's not. Yeah. But that's what it's become somehow. It's yeah. become, I don't know whether it's because everybody wants to make movies and be in movies and make that money. But at some point in our lives, it turned from being an antagonistic experience to it turned into being a, well, go ahead and impress me. Why don't you experience it? Right. Instead of, I'm going to close my eye. I'm going to go into this cave of wonders and see this amazing, you know, and see what this well, it's also impressed me by showing it's also impressed me by showing me a thing i expect to get that's the other yeah. thing that i have an yeah. issue with yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. impre- impressed me by giving me what i want you don't know me but i want this thing why because oh. i'm designed to want to feel that way there's mm-hmm. my pat on the back there's another pat on the back i feel seen a... i've been seen but the question is does this evolve then into some other substantial art form that we don't understand or is or is well i mean some... i'd argue it i'd argue it has right that's I mean that that's where we are. Are with, those Marvel where, movies the but, equal of this kind of stuff? I mean, I may be up, but maybe, but even in short form, and like you're watching, you know, these, you know, seeing how social media is taken over when it comes to like TikTok videos and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, that's why you get trends where you have people doing the exact same thing over and over again in different ways, and then it becomes, you know, a viral sensation or what have you. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's giving you that thing you want presented the, you know, what you expect, yet you're still getting the same thing over and over again. Impatience is a big factor. Oh, of course, America. obviously, yeah. there's an mm-hmm. giant attention deficit disorder when it comes to media. <laughs> that that is not that is not a mystery. Well, and and also, you know, with such a history of films and people wanting to be so into films and stuff that there's a, the checklist watching too. Not and not in the I'm studying this or I'm really enjoying films. It's the I have to type thing for right. people, I and because to. and because you have to. Then you got to prove why it's not worth worthwhile. Right. If you're not watching it to be entertained or moved, you're not watching it for the right reason. Right. That's what's exactly. Yeah. It shouldn't be homework. I know the same feeling about some movies I was shown in the few semesters of film school I took. Children of Paradise, a French movie. I was so unhappy having to watch that in a classroom setting at my desk on a television that I've never gone back and looked at it if it's any good. It's just a shame, you know, because. That. Yeah, that's actually hilarious because you know we would watch like All Quiet on the Western Front after an English class, like in our in our classrooms, and just like this is actually one of like the best movies ever made. And well, here we are just like yeah. fucking around. It was funny when my uh, criticism, yeah, oh, criticism, of course, is when we were going to watch The Seventh Seal, and apparently it was notorious had been shown in other classes and people like oh and everybody skipped that day like oh gosh this one i fell in love with it the minute i saw it and i was like well you people are fucking nuts (laughs) they were um and yeah it was crazy because i i guess i saw 
um, I was supposed to in that movie, but they're like, oh, this one again, and I, I would have gladly watched it again. <laughs> from the, I think I went out and bought it, uh, the Criterion DVD, like yeah. within getting within seeing it at that class. And then like, you bought the single, oh. right? Yes, didn't <laughs> sync them up watching it. I uh, I actually, you know, for accidentally bought the Demi Moore movie Seventh Sign. <laughs> Seventh Sign. <laughs> yeah. But but like, yeah, it's just it's just this weird. Is still worth it, Brandon, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 weird like that. Um, how people will be in the for forced watching, and I I have I'm guilty of watching a movie because it was something I needed to check out and mm-hmm. maybe forcing it in or something, but. I'm never mad at it or like, oh, it doesn't deserve to be right. brought up here. I'm like, some of the most important filmmakers and people found something in that movie. Of course, that that gives it its reign of importance, regardless of whether if I like it as much or not, or see what I was supposed to see in it. Um, but I think it's an ego thing. Can you drop your ego and see what this guy's or person is offering you? And yeah. most people can't these days. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're They've all talking about it all. Right They're now, better. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Peter. Peter Gosh. should be here. I think that's for the first time with us. <laughs> yeah, he would have been like, I could have made this better. We got He had he had a scheduled screening of Fall tonight again. So. Oh, again, <laughs> but this time in 4D. We got a variety right. of characters in this uh, in this boat yes. here. We got like a wolf man. We got a hunchback. It seems <laughs> he just he just got mutton chops. It's the monster squad. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't. I've seen this before where his head gets cut off when he rises up. In that version, he doesn't. You think they filmed that backwards? Like the first version I saw when he rises up like that. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, Aaron. Do you think he went backwards? I assume it's or backwards forward? and it's like some kind of lift or something behind him. If no, I he's to. got strong abs. <laughs> he's not Michael Myers who has strong very ankles, strong abs. You mean ankles from ankles of steel. Yeah, he's he, <laughs> he, 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 he originated the Michael Jackson lean. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Even Michael Jackson needed technology to do his, but Shrek's just like, I got this. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> Has this one had any kind of funky uh, remixes done with it score wise? Like Metropolis sure. had the 80s yeah. where they. Well, like with all the I, Pete Murphy and goth stuff. On I, it, I don't uh, think anything uh, as popular uh, as the Metropolis stuff, but I, I, <laughs> I'd have to assume that it's been done. I mean, I can't like, wait for Daft Punk so- to get back together and remake this score. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's it. the deal? Is what's his name? You're making this movie, or is that been? Is that Robert been... Robert Eggers is officially making this movie. He yep. has what's wow. his name? He has Pennywise, um, the other uh, Skarsgård, uh, Defoe by default because he's oh, just the other Skarsgård, the, the other Skarsgård, yeah, Pennywise. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Al, Defoe is uh, not going to play Nosferatu, right? Peter Peter Skarsgård, Peter. No, right? It's what is it? It's um, yeah, it's the guy from Barbarian. Yes, yeah, the guy from Barbarian. Why why we're getting Skarsgårds all of a sudden? Let's go down the Bill. Bill. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, let's go down. Let's go all the Skarsgård. Stellan, Alexander, Bill, and their they are the new Baldwins, guys. They're cousin Peter Skarsgård. They're the new Baldwins. And by extension, by 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 extension, yeah, Peter Peter Skarsgård. They're offbeat cousin. That leads to that leads to Maggie Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal. All the Skarsgårds. All the Skarsgård. Family reunion. Now, which one is Stephen? he's that's a Baldwin. Um, so <laughs> no, but the equivalent, no. but... I, I, I said, I said that the scars guards are the new Baldwins, and oh, I didn't hear that. He was Sorry. asked, yeah, yep, I was busy <laughs> making terrible jokes. Um, okay, oh, yeah. I made one right in there with you, so, but, so yeah, it's Bill Skarsgård, and it was gonna be Anya Taylor Joy, but now it's Lily Rose, Lily Rose Depp, Depp's daughter, Johnny Depp's daughter. 
Oh, interesting. Oh, Anya Taylor Joy is not going to be in it. That's too She's bad. not going to be in it because it is it, too bad. Things, you know, things got because it got delayed and all this for I mean, various reasons. She's also very quite famous. She's now. yeah, she's quite busy. She was going to play. Yeah, but she would go. Yeah. She'll do whatever. Like that's where she got a big break. Was him. Yeah. So well, I would that's... imagine she'll do whatever. I think that she mentioned that during the the press tour for uh, the oh, Northman as well. It's like I'll do anything Robert Eggers does because yeah, Sam will own the fellow at this point. They just seems like he has his company of players uh, that want to work with him yeah. because uh, he's probably just. You know, a, a, a good friend of theirs. Um, but and yeah, so you brought that up, the idea that Anya Taylor Joy perhaps was playing Nosferatu. We don't know what this is gonna be yet. We don't know if Bill Skarsgard is going to be playing Nosferatu or if the or if yes, you do have, I guess in this case, Lily Rose Depp playing Scar uh, Nosferatu, or if they just have some other some other take. I don't sure. know. I don't yeah. know what that is. It'll be like right. I, I wouldn't necessarily I'm not going to count out Robert Eggers because I like his films, but it'll be like a completely CG Nosferatu and everybody else is just acting around him. I don't know what to expect. It's Eggers. It's I ticket purchased. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If he's doing Blue it, there's a, there's bot site unseen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yes, I, I'm very curious what it's what that's going to be. Yep. And even if it is just a regular old Bill Skarsgård playing Nosferatu, cool. Let him rack up more monster credits for his for his movies. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it, he's not going to just like this. Isn't yeah. He's got a take on it. So I'm that's sure he does. Yeah, like I'm know, not like, a, yeah. And if he doesn't, oh, whoops, sorry, folks. Here we go. This is this where it comes into town. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, uh, San, the, Santa Santa, Santa Ferratu was coming to town. Santa. Well, so now we know it's a boat for sure, unless it's a really convincing toy on top of the model at this point. But um, it seems like it's a real boat. Here the backgrounds here. Shot coming, well, coming up, up here. That oh yeah, yeah, it's coming. Point out, but. I feel like rats were a bigger expression back in the day, which makes sense given that there's like dealing with plague times and stuff, whatnot. But like, like in mm -hmm. even modern movies today, like rats don't seem to be like as strong of an occurrence. Mm. They, they were, I mean, they've been a, I mean, the city of New York has had like rat problems a lot, but for sure, it must have been a constant thing. So here we go. I just don't see it this, very often these days. This is just haunting as hell. Yeah. And, and <laughs> what a great model. Look at, look at all that. Right. Only topped by the, Herzog one, he ups yeah, the ante. Like yeah, I, yeah. that, that boat arriving there in like the early morning when no one's up and stuff is just one of the spookiest things I've ever seen. Like it gives me chills. I can't explain why. There's like an, there's like an empty soullessness that's like devastating about watching that boat come in. It comes uh, in with, Herzog's version, and it's not like it's limiting here. But Herzog's able to work with you know natural environments and color. Yeah, and so he can play into how cold and haunting and whatnot to kind of to, to help build that atmosphere yeah i just don't know what it is it just like really unsettles me watching it and it's it's amazing and like Kla this... and klaus kinski is whispering into your ear as you watch right. it so it's yeah. just a stupid boat arriving <laughs> but man effective and this one has that and you know he's going off that to come up with his own stop motion for magic powers is pretty clever mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's, that's cool. a that's a good way to go yeah, pretty effective in the Bioshock games. <laughs> exactly. Would you kindly open that door for me? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> See, he's waving. <laughs> this is why they had no sound, because he probably did say that on set one day. Yeah, those, those Nosferatu bloopers are all right. Yeah. Hello. See, we can't find them. They're all burned up. I believe um, Scott Baio was, was inspired by that. For, for Scott this, Baio? For the Squiggy Boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Magus Scott Bayo. 
yeah, known from such conventions as um, <laughs> Oklahoma and Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's not Bram Stoker's, but it, it is incorporated this kind of like lettery type of thing too, like throughout the throughout the film. Like, there's this constant need mm-hmm. to kind of in, obviously it's silent film, but I mean, even then, it's still, you know, this isn't dialogue. This is just informing you of what's going on via written documentation. Mm-hmm. That's pretty punk to be like, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna make an adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula and not get the permission. <laughs> I'm just gonna do right. my own way. <laughs> Change the character names. It's a pretty punk way to do it. <laughs> FW Burnout original punk. I never <laughs> drink. You think on one of these takes they loaded one of those coffins with like you know like a hundred pounds or something and was like oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. god <laughs> what are you doing no they're actually really scared when he was actually able they to hit lift so- it. somebody hid in it yeah uh, <laughs> it was Bernal <laughs> like he is a monster <laughs> he pops out like we have fun here <laughs> that's their first day so, they're writing this script like I never drink dot 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 what oh grape juice. To get these rats to behave so well, it's it's incredible. They had the best rat trainers in Germany. They did. I assume. Yeah, we're obviously we're not allowed to there's a sound on, but the music is very effective here in showing these kind of these night mm-hmm. scenes where you know, stuff like this, which is Nasaratu in a courtyard, you know, walking by himself. It's stomping it, around. It's creepy. yeah, stomping, stomping around. It's creepy. Like it's inherently creepy. Like this is not a movie is that anyone you would... made a poster of him hanging carrying that. I, I hope so. That should be in the dorms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that John Waters could do it. Coming to your town. <laughs> yeah. Nice pink highlights. But it's the kind of thing where like this movie's not gonna like particularly scare anybody these days. But I do think if there's the right atmosphere you can put yourself in where you can be really creeped out by what's taking mm-hmm. place. For sure. You know what's um, crazy is like if you were watching this as as maybe a child, uh, because it's all just visual, um, you could probably scare yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's well, the, the image of Nosferatu is, you know, it's a creepy yeah. thing. Like, it's, it's like, what is that? The way that like your brain will, will put all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty effective. Kids nowadays don't get a lot of black and white stuff fed to them, so when they see it, it's it's sort of immediately alienating and uh, just kind of unsettling to them a bit. Because I think like Caligari could have the same effect too, because that's a just it mm-hmm. has such a d- deliberate approach to its visuals. And Are you talking about DJ or Doctor? Both uh, DJ okay. DJ Caligari and Doctor Caligari. <laughs> I, I I prefer that third film they both made together. What before they made their separate movies, they made that third film. Gotcha. Uh, when I, I, Doc and DJ uh, rock a clock, the Caligari <laughs> Chronicles. <laughs> I uh, so I like recently. Um, uh, I showed my kids like Lost Boys for the first time. Oh, and then the next night I showed them the House on Haunted Hill, uh, the the, the Vincent Price William uh-huh. Castle one. And they both thought House on Haunted Hill was scarier. And I'm like, I bet it the black and white does something. Mm. I also I mean that movie There's is... an energy to grant there's an energy to Lost Boys, but I'm just like thinking age wise and stuff and they did they didn't find House on Haunted Hill hokey at all. And they were just kinda they were both they thought it was pretty scary. I just <laughs> did... I I maybe it's I don't know. I just never is Lost Boys trying to be scary in any instance? Like there's 
like for kids we, that age i mean i suppose the vampire yeah. stuff's pretty intense it, it can be gruesome at times it's um, been a, it's been a good minute since i've seen lost boys i have the 4k i plan to watch it this yeah. week but so like i maybe it's not remembering certain things but i know like yeah like keep yourself is mildly scary like keep yourself yeah, does some like you know disturbing Keep Keeper Sutherland does like disturbing stuff in it, I suppose. I'm just trying to think. It's like, is the movie trying to deliberately ever scare you? I guess maybe, but I'll see. Yeah, but it, I mean, it cuts it, cuts, it cuts it with the kid stuff a lot. But um, when they sort of turn from vampires into vampires, you know, with their teeth hanging out, yeah, plays mm-hmm. sort of scary in the Fright Night kind of way. Well, and just the the worry for Michael not knowing what the hell he's getting into, the uncertainty of, sure. of his safety and stuff, and uh, the family potentially messing up the family um that's the thing and just uh, the house on haunted hill like their age range and generational gap on that's huge yeah um but yeah, like there's jump scares yeah. and stuff in that movie oh there is the old the old one which i feel like i think part of the effectiveness of that was the black and white mm-hmm. um really good dad. helped them with it yeah, yeah. you should <laughs> but, show them the remake with chris Kattan. There you go. Yeah. Chris Kattan and Lisa Loeb. <laughs> Tay Diggs. Um, Tay Diggs. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, Jeffrey Rush as Vincent Price. I actually don't mind that remake. I think it's all right. I think so. of the of that glob of Dark Castle stuff, I like that more than 13 Ghosts. And, oh, yeah. And, Hell and, yes. And it, you know, it actually has things happening as opposed to Ghost Ship, which is boring as fuck. So that's a plus in its yep. favor right there. Oh. Yeah. Um, 13 Ghosts is the one I just don't get. Like, I know people like love that movie, but I have never. No. No. Hard pass. I guess there's some cool gore in it, but I'm just like, like I've seen gore before. <laughs> like, I mean, like, what are we doing? Yeah. What's it? Um, that's that whole run too. Like, what is Gothica in there also? And uh, uh-huh. and House House of Wax, I would say, is the best of those. Yeah, um, House of Wax is awesome for my money. Um, hey, Gothica. I I guess it's like a nice tribe. Go- Gothica wow. feels like you have to. Wow. Gothica. Gothica, you have to swallow some huge pills to be like, why would she be locked up in the same one that she was looking at? I don't understand. Like, you have to like really yeah. go with it to buy into the premise to begin with before you start getting into the thing. Also, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. It's like, oh, that's fun. I, I pass on that movie just based on the poster. Gothica? Yeah. Where it's like her hands. It's, it's like, her hands. Like, she's like trying to like get out of a window or something. So, like Penelope Cruz play like a crazy lady in that also. And that's she like, does. Yeah. I saw that, that with was, my I saw that with my mom in theaters. That was during like a, a kind of a weaker point, or like what was it that? Uh, That's that early two thousands before Texas Chainsaw comes out. And there's that Michael Douglas movie with the I'll never tell. Don't say a word, baby. Oh, that's, a that's, a, yeah, that's, not a horror, yeah, that's a thriller. That's not a horror. That's a thriller. I guess so. Yeah. It's so true. it was taking lives. <laughs> well, I mean, those would, I mean, yeah. those go with the like adult horror, like, yeah, it's the, it's the, 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 the spin off of Silence of the Lambs. That's the type tail stuff. end of the Silence 7 yeah, era. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. then it becomes Horror Remake City and J Horror. Right. Um, and, and Dark Castle is doing it too. It has like, yeah, we're extreme gore stuff for a minute. Good for Joel Silver bringing back horror gore. Right. <laughs> is Ghost Ship is not a remake, is it? It's not a remake because there's like Death Ship or something like that too in there. But uh, it's a ghost ship. Ghost ship. Old, it's an old ghost, but it, yeah, but it's not a it's not a remake of of Ghost Ship. I don't believe it's mm. just it's just a boring movie. <laughs> Got a double feature with uh, what's that? Jamie Lee Curtis went on the ship. Virus. Virus with, with uh, Baldwin. With Baldwin. Billy, Billy Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> Billy. Bring it all back around to Billy Baldwin. Billy B. 
I don't even know that title. That's so weird. Virus? Virus? Virus. Oh, yeah. It's like a weird, like... I saw it in the theater. Made of machines on a ship. Is this 90s or early 2000s? It's 98. I've got to go look this up. Yeah, she had it around the same time as H Halloween H2O. I think she did yeah. H2O and then did that. Yeah. Huh. Then Resurrection. That was that weird. There's was like <laughs> Virus and like Supernova. Those are different movies, but it felt like yep. it's like the same kind of thing happening at that point. Francis Ford Coppola Supernova. Yeah. Right. Walter Hill to Francis Coppola. You finally saw them together at last. <laughs> Supernova. Supernova's taking over. Supernova don't stop. That's what James Spader kept rapping and people were like, stop it. You're winning. Yep. Uh- <laughs> oh, such a bad movie. Oh, but a little drummer boy here. This is an actual slide. Some of these slides are replaced with, you know, digital trickery, but this is an actual one still in here. Yeah. Yeah, most of them are, yeah, at least in this version, yeah, most yeah. of them are replaced. But... Lock your doors, bar your windows. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think they have an old community that like its way of passing news along was having a person with a giant drum come out and announce <laughs> things in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> imagine that now, like in L.A., Rianzi, you're like <laughs> you're hanging out, just minding your own business, and someone's just like starts pounding on some drum, be like, "Guess what, guys? shit's about to go down, man! You better get inside." <laughs> I might get back to that the way things are going. Yeah, pretty much. COVID nineteen. Right? Let me tell you what is going on here. Uh, we begin Act 5 with the Tallest Hat Award. And now Act 5. So it's Friday here on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. <laughs> this week long. Journey. We've been up for five days straight. <laughs> yep. Rewatching and perfecting this commentary track. <laughs> a, lot of, we... a lot of unused takes, guys. Today we no, have cl- clown movie recommendations from Abe. <laughs> uh, yeah, clown movie recommendations. Aaron talked to me about Terrifier 2. Oh, yeah. yeah you lengthy, need to see that one. We had a lengthy Terrifier 2 discussion. <laughs> but a silent performance. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was a silent, yes. Oh, yeah. Good, good call. Oh, yeah. Good call, we'll, yeah. We'll be back with our terrifier commentary next month. All right. So you have the plague, and Remember you that. don't. No, this plague stuff. There's none of this in Dracula, right? In no. Like, Todd mm. Browning Dracula. Mm, no. No, because no, it's more because it, yeah. it's more focused on the seduction aspect of everything. There's no like. Yeah. outer elements going on as far as the you know the just the presence of him bringing along this disease because like he's i mean yeah like it's so much more fo- like this version and other versions that are somewhat similar to this are focused more on the just like the the aura that he brings with him as opposed to mm-hmm. yes bella lugosi and so on that focus more on like this man mm-hmm. coming after another another man's woman um and whatever what? his ultimate goal is in that regard you know, interesting enough, like, just think about the time, and this wouldn't have been on my mind at, at all, but, like, we are amidst, right now, wouldn't we be just a couple years off of the, quote-unquote, sp- Spanish flu era pandemic that happened? Yeah. So um, that might be the inclusion of having a plague mentioned here in this film? I think that, yeah, that's got to be in mind. I mean, World War One's just yep. ended, so, like, you Just have- ended World War One, yeah. You know, things like the effects of mustard gas and what have you. Like, there's, it, yeah. it, I mean, and just disease in general was a big problem. I mean, that there's a reason why that's the very, the ugliest war is because just the problems, not just associated with, you know, bullets killing people, but just the amount of just horrible shit that happened to people being stuck in trenches. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, could 
you know, whether intentional or not, has an effect on the stories being told, which I, for a long time, said, you know, but people, I don't think there's artist intention behind a lot of the things that people later on write about and see in them, but you are a product of your environment and it's just inherently in you during times to include those sort of things. I will note that F.W. Murnau was we would never understand as a modern audience watching this mm -hmm. that only someone in Germany in 22 would get references and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I always wonder about like at the end of the day, you got to see a movie in a vacuum. You're not going to know the average person is not going to know the societal stuff that's surrounding the release of the exactly. movie. It's got to work on its own, you know? Yep. Nope. And this does. I don't need to know much about it to, 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 for this to be a creepy Dracula movie, you know? And that's why people have such a hard time being like, oh, things are so old political now. They always have been, art has always been political. So you just don't recognize it because you're not in those times of those nostalgic right. movies you hold tight. You don't see it. Uh, but now in today's world, you're an adult and you are involved and you recognize things a lot more than you do in times you don't remember. They, Yeah. People just refuse to realize that. Yeah, people don't want to look at Hook as a as Spielberg screed on Grenada. Uh, right, but uh, <laughs> uh, Murnau did serve in World War One. He was part of the uh, German military, uh, German army. Um, whether or not that it completely informs what's going on in this film, but it's just it is something. That's where he first read the book Dracula and said, "I'm going to knock this." He's <laughs> like, "When I'm done with this war, I'm going to make a movie." A talkie. Um, this was a um, part of a studio, Prana Film. It was a short-lived film studio. It went bankrupt after this movie came out. Probably due to, I had to guess, probably due to the legal recourse that came around with Nosferatu. Right, and helped the right. studio survive. Um, that's a real beard. <laughs> just keep keep, is, it, keep it track of these things orlock have fangs i don't think fangs uh, are an addition that like comes later teeth. yeah it's more yeah it's they're not pronounced in the way that pronounced, they be, yeah. become because uh lugosi did he have fangs i don't think he had no he has fangs no don't we no he's just teeth i, I think, think so. fangs weren't a big thing until like christopher lee christopher lee yeah. wow yeah uh, Red eyes and we pain. don't see Legosi with fat. Okay, fine, fair enough. It's just teeth that bite so. it. Yeah, Legosi's just teeth. It's certainly not as pronounced. Yeah. I mean, and, and this because this is such an otherworldly Dracula or whatever Count Orlock already. So it, you know, Fang's just like, okay, yeah. What else you got? Like he's already got these crazy hands. He's super tall. He's bald. He has special powers. He also, it's like, also he bites with big teeth. Like, okay, thanks. I guess. Like, <laughs> thanks for. You forgot that he he makes bun cakes. Like he what makes Yancy bun cakes like out. a motherfucker. Like he just, you know, he knows what's going on. <laughs> he's a good host. He's a great host. He's Nothing the host of hosts. Cakes. <laughs> Nothing but cakes. They make great little. This is the first. Um, yeah. This is yeah, this is the first um, vampire film where sunlight directly kills a vampire. Ah, spoiler alert! That was. What's, <laughs> the, what's the first one with the invite rule? 
They, they, they can't go in your home unless they've been That's invited. A good question. That's got to be the hammer era, if I had to guess, somewhere in there. I don't know. But it, it's no. tricky, right? Because he's not really going to people's houses at that point. It's probably later yeah, than no, that. Yeah, I, I, the Car- the Karstein trilogy doesn't even do that. Kiss yeah. of a Vampire, I don't think, does that. I don't remember when that was first. Probably somewhere in the 70s. I know it's mentioned in Fright Night, so I think it's probably yeah. comes from before that. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's the first one where light directly kills a vampire. You get to later on when, like, Matheson writes I Am Legend and, like, provides scientific explanations for all these things involving vampires, right. which, is, which is great. It's really neat. Yeah. And it's it's neat to see, like, the Vincent Price version explore that. I suppose that's, that's, on Earth, yeah. I suppose that's the most accurate version of that story still. Closest to the book. Clo- close, right. yeah, not accurate, but, like, yeah, clo- closest to the book. Well, he wrote the script for that. He just took his name off it. Yeah. More so than Chuck. Um, <laughs> uh, Chuck Ch- Barry? Ch- Chuck, um, fuck me. Um, Whoa. Heston. Heston, thank you. Mike Douglas? That's not right. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Heston. Chuck badass to get around in his car in L.A. against the against the zombie vampires. Yeah. <laughs> in Omega Man. They're not really vampires in that one, are they? They're just kind of they're weird. just I mean they're never really bit like the same with like I am legend where it's like they're not really they're just kind of CG monsters that suck. I mean that's the basically yeah, yeah. wasn't the script, I think. <laughs> yeah. We've had enough of this Orlock. Get the rocks, guys. Like, that's not him. This is like Halloween kills. <laughs> they're chasing this guy. <laughs> that's not him. Uh, that's exactly guy. what they all said collectively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like him. Halloween kills. Well, look at his hair. Exactly, it's insane. <laughs> it's not him. It'll be a fun Dracula, Danny DeVito. Orlock dies tonight. Put it, put it now or old Danny DeVito. Doesn't matter. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I, have you seen his Jersey Mike commercials? They're hilarious. He can pull it off now. Whatever. <laughs> You're wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> Played the Penguin next to Max Shrek. He could, you know, swap those roles. <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's see. A, let's see a fan edit. <laughs> Tim Bird's Memory Returns, where Danny DeVito plays uh, Max Shrek. On oh, that he'd be up for it. Hush, hush. <laughs> Enjoy the... this log. Oh, oh, there he is. I forget how much, like, re- quote unquote, Redfield that we get in this movie. <laughs> yeah. The mat- town is mad. And they brought their hats. You know, they forgot smoking pipes. I mean, you're running around. <laughs> it's, it's hard <laughs> smoking your pipes. It's a good point. Yeah. Can't find where the first instance of the vampire being invited in is, but I am curious when you find that answer. I want to know. Such a such a fun rule a rule. I like that one because I would have figured that's in like a book. Somewhere, yeah. I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer used to have a fun time playing with that one, yeah. Right. Meanwhile, we do get this like now and again as far as what the vampire's role, like what their goal is, and it just feels like he's 
Orlok certainly in this kind of chaos mode where it's like, I have my desires, but also what if I just brought everything down around me? <laughs> like that's right. <laughs> that's a, that's a fun way to go about things. Do Draculas tend to have like dastardly plots in a lot of their like on in because I, I haven't seen too many of the of the hammer ones to like remember their plots all oh, that well. But uh, they, just in like really AD nineteen seventy two and Satanic Rites, and I get I suppose Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, but um he's not Dracula doesn't appear in Brides of Dracula. Right. Uh he's brought back in um prince of darkness so it just deals with it mm-hmm. basically is a reset doing it again um and then it's kind of a set in motion i don't know there's he'll be around people f around and find out and then they kill him and then the next one figures a way to bring him back and yeah uh, Scar- Scars of Dracula is kind of a reset that a lot of people think didn't work, but that's one of my favorite ones. Um, they feel there's some out of character stuff and whatnot, but I think it's a highly entertaining one. Um, it's the only one I've never seen from that series, Scars. Oh, Scars! I yeah, mm-hmm. I like Scars. Um, uh, yeah, Prince of Darkness, and then the one that came uh, like Taste the Blood of Dracula that came uh-huh. right. Oh, no, Dracula's Risen from the Grave. Those two are probably the the peak of how good they are and they're uh, both two two different directors and very highly stylized entries of them um that the the uh, Dracula's risen from the grave has a pretty iconic look that could get that would get you know modeled off of or if people want to take a look from one of them I think they usually go for for that one and then Taste of Blood Dragon yeah. is probably the one of the weakest ones for me. Um what, the four old guys or is that the Yep, yeah, yeah. There's the a four. great shot right here yep. of the silhouette action. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Extension. Yeah. Freddy Krueger would get that shadow. Oh, he'd love that. No, he did get it in uh Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh Wes Craven did a shot oh. like that with Freddy with his glove. Yeah, that's right. Oh, grabs her heart. Get that wonderful backdrop out the outside the the window. I love it. Some people are like doesn't look real. Takes me out of. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Theater, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, I'm just watching the movie now. Um, it's it's just. Seeing this stuff like just you know, watching Orlock be realized in this way, it's just fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Just these choices, and also like you know they they could colorize and do things to these films, but it's never what the actual colors being worn on set and stuff people could would probably never imagine because there's things right. that would look good under lighting, mm-hmm. uh, things that would look good capturing under black and white, um, which. They, we were talking about the Nicolas Cage, um, Dracula, whole Dracula, where I think they're probably filming that in black and white, just looking at 
the makeup and like oh yeah i i i i I really hate seeing the set photos being shared around because like this is so this is gonna be color corrected to hell like whatever they're going Mm -hmm. for it is not gonna be whatever you know these yeah i i hate set pictures to begin with just because like this is not the movie like i'm not gonna judge something on this um But yeah, the uses of you know shadows and whatnot here just really communicate a certain kind of look and feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so important to making this work in the way it does. When it comes to like silent cinema, like I I do favor this. I favor the, you know the use of German expressionism. I I really like oh the, yeah the, this or the Fritz Lang stuff. I mean, I've talked many times about but much I love M. Uh, which is not mm-hmm. silent, but I mean, it's certainly, you know, it's operating it's in a similar way. Um, well, yeah, it's not I silent. Mean, it actually makes that mm sound. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a reason like Metropolis is like mm-hmm. this stunning achievement right. still to this day. It's quite long. Um, I get how it could be a challenge for people, but just it's, an, it, it's unbelievable anytime you've watched it that that movie was made so long ago and back yeah. then it's still to this day like With visually holds up. amount of extras on display the like all of that the design the set designs the the I, it, it's magic on screen at any era you would watch it in and same with caligari as well that is just yeah Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just watch that and know every director that's taken from that. Well, Count Orlock fell for the old get lured in by a woman, try to drink her blood, but then the sun comes up plan. Yeah. <laughs> Happens every time. Yeah, I was going to say, how many vampires <laughs> haven't fallen for that? That's why he's not two for Atu. Uh, right. Interesting enough, they... Uh, you know, in Universal, they you know they did seek make sequels, and uh, the only time Lugosi came back to play Dracula was Abbott yeah, Costello. It's crazy yeah. because they they did a they did the Dracula's daughter, and then they did the son of Dracula, which was Lon Chaney Jr. And I think he's supposed to be just playing Dracula, though he's they call it son Dracula, of yeah, right? son of Dracula. That's what they can get away with and be like, just don't think about it too hard, guys, and <laughs> just roll with yeah. it, <laughs> right. Prince Alucard. Yes. That was that was the one that did that. Um fun little movie. Um, yeah, I like it. I like that they got Michael Lerner to play this part at the end here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth bore witness to the miracle. At that very moment, the great death came to an end, and the shadow of the death bird was gone, as if obliterated by the triumphant rays of the living sun. I believe there is a, a shot of the rats all leaving saying, sorry about that. Goodbye. Uh, just to really extend out the <laughs> each one us, of them. Yeah. It was us the whole time. I, I did. So the cattle just like fell in on itself. Is that what the right? idea you know, it was, it was held up by magic. The evil is gone from here. The it's evil gone is gone from here. The they did it, gone. guys. They purged <laughs> the entire city of the plague. And they're better for it, and not and nothing ever bad happened to Germany again. Yeah. Nope, nope. Yeah, Dracula never came back in any form. It became very prosperous, and they made you know cars for he, export. He never came back. He was never dead and loving it. 
<laughs> he never blackulated. Dying knows for our screen knows for out to scream. He never went to Venice for vacation. <laughs> not, not as far as I know, he didn't. He never opened a <laughs> hotel, let alone go on a summer vacation <laughs> or have a transformation of some kind. Never, never became beloved Hollywood icon Jonathan Reese Myers. <laughs> Breakout star. Uh, well, we've done it, guys. We've talked about Nosferatu, we um, a movie that persists a hundred years later. Um, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. My final uh, thoughts are uh, uh, really good lighting in this movie. Oh yeah, nice. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. yep, it's yeah, perfection. Extraordinary, yeah, yeah. Vlad the Impaler would not be rolling in his grave, he'd just be very impressed to give a smile. A sl- just, a yeah, he's applause. clapping right now, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really looked like that, though. Do <laughs> 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 you see Gary Oldman's version? I had this great red armor and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, we've done it. We've talked about Nasferatu, and that's wrapping up our uh, this year's set of Halloween bonus themed episodes. Oh. Always bum when it comes to the clothes. I know, I know. But uh, of course, there's plenty of horror to discuss because horror is always around us. It's in us. It penetrates us, just like the Force. Um, Clowns go all year round. What is uh, your midichlorian count, Aaron? It's a a quarter of a master uh, Siphonius. With all of that said, what is it? It's it's November. What do we got coming up? We got got free birds. What year is this? Freebirds? <laughs> the Freebirds anniversary? Woody Harrelson is still popular. Um, what do we have? What's coming? What's we have? We have Black Panther, obviously. We have um, we have Wakanda forever. We have Wakanda. We have Fablemans. But we've already Fable done Batman Mids. forever. We have so yes. We can, obviously we this can't do true. we can't yeah. do Black Panther or Black, or Batman forever. Uh, yeah, we can do Forever Young. We... <laughs> That's got a great song tie-in. Why are you laughing, Aaron? Get that that Jamie Lee Curtis uh, train going. Steve Meyer, Jamie Lee Curtis, part one. I mean, what's Rod Stewart doing these days? We can get him on the show. I'm sure we can figure out something uh, for November. Um, And I'm sure it'll be a fun option, as always. Uh, With all that said, we should wrap things up here. So, Brandon, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, The Brandon Peters Show, which is thebrandonpetersshow.com. And uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Brand4KUHD. I've got some Halloween stuff. Or are you going on in the next month? Um, the Tim Burton retrospective with Scott nice. Mendelson of the rap. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, on board for that. And uh, oh, why oh, so blue.com for all my physical media reviews. Hey, uh, Yancy, yeah, anything you'd like uh, to put? <laughs> little Halloween. I did a Halloween thing too. There's a, the music of um, Halloween. I did that a few weeks back. It's a good piece. I enjoyed that. The, the, the movies. Yancy, anything you like to plug? Milky Way Blues. Uh, Yancy Jack on Twitter. If you're still Twittering. Uh, Yancy Burns <laughs> on Facebook. I'm out there. I'm here. Kind of like Count Warlock. You see me, you don't see me. <laughs> you're also super strong. Yeah, we get it. Super strong and I work uh, in, in stop motion. <laughs> so it gets around. Well, I take uh, my bags to the airport. <laughs> strong like ox. <laughs> uh, you can find everything I do at thecodeazit.com that's my personal blog where everything I do ends up I write for We Live Entertainment and Weiss Blue and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4 Abe? 
You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag ready or lock. Here I come. Oh. Uh, it's pretty good. You can find all the other episodes about now there Abe um, on iTunes, Spotify, Boom, Stitcher. You can find us on all the socials and all We're that. Online. We're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Yancey, thank you very much for joining us for this Nostra Thank you both. Hey, thank you. Of course. Loved it. Yeah, always a fun time. Thank you, the listeners, for listening. We'll be back soon enough with more episodes. We got plenty of content coming this month. We'll have another commentary this month as well. And yeah, I mean, we're almost at the end of the year. We'll have plenty of wrap-up stuff coming in, in the near future as well. So, with all that said, that's going to be it for this week's commentary, tra- this month's commentary track. So, until next time, happy Halloween. So long. And also, check your candy twice. You know what I mean? That uh, yeah. yeah, no razor blades in your mouth.